sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do a one-hit wonder tonight. It's not a series. It's just uh, a message about shifting atmospheres. And uh, I was thinking uh, earlier this year... I was thinking about some time ago, about 12 years ago, I was uh, working at our chauffeur head office in Stellenbosch, and it was a season where many of the people working in the office, or the offices, they were quite negative. They were complainers, and they found fault with everything. And I remember every Monday morning, we would drive from Belleville area, just close to Cape Town, out to Stellenbosch, take about an hour every morning. And I remember just going to, walking into the offices and, and just every Monday was a really, really blue Monday. It was terrible. It was just like, I felt so negative. I felt so oppressed. I felt so not the fruit of the Spirit. I didn't feel, it, it was just terrible. And then every Monday night, my wife and I would have a bit of a fight or something. We'd miss one another and Sonic was just like, she doesn't like Mondays. Because I, I, I come home with a storm cloud around me. And then I realize that this, this, I'm allowing the atmosphere in those offices to affect me. And so I, the best defense is offense. So every Monday morning that hour, then before the hour, we would drive to Stellenbosch. We would just be worshiping and praying and doing warfare you know, I believe you clap the devil first, early in the morning, and then you have a great day for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's a tip, top tip, if you don't know. Because sometimes we wait until something goes wrong. So it's, uh, go on the offense, start the day right. But there's a, there, there are atmospheres, and so often we go through life blind. We're not even, we're not aware of the atmospheres influencing us. Like even just thinking, Bernard, just hospitals. You know, something when we walk into, he's a doctor. So when we walk into hospitals, often you can, you sort of pick up the, sometimes the hopelessness and the negativity in, in the hospital. And, you know, and, and many people have said that when they go to Europe, um, and, and Europe is a very, spiritually a very dark continent. It's like dark Africa was hundreds of years ago. Um, they would say when they land in Joburg, they would just feel like an openness spiritually. And it, and it makes sense because in South Africa we've got a, a living church and things are, you know, so the church together, all the church, all the believers together, we, we open the spiritual environment. But so often we walk into an environment and we're like, why am I feeling suddenly so depressed? Why am I feeling negative? You know, sometimes it's just you are in a good space and then you engage with somebody and they start going off negatively. And then suddenly you're like, I'm negative as well now. I wasn't, but man, now. Eh, who's experienced that? You've experienced somebody influencing you negatively? Yeah, so there's an atmosphere. There's a spiritual atmosphere all around us, everywhere we go. So I want to make us aware of this, especially this December. You know, it's called silly season. For there's a certain atmosphere, and Black Friday has not helped to get us all in the flesh, storming for a special. 
But, but this, this, this time of year can, can really get silly. And we tend to allow that, inf- that atmosphere, even in our country, to influence us. So what are you? Are you a, an influencer? Or are you being influenced by the atmosphere? How, how's this December going to work for you? Are you going to tackle it in the right way? Are you going to shift darkness to light, depression to joy, anxiety to peace? Are you going to shift it into the right space? Because you can and you should because you are an atmosphere shifter. Come on, say it. I'm an atmosphere shifter. Yes, you are. But sometimes we, we, we sometimes see ourselves as victims of other people and of environments. No, you can shift it. Okay, so I want to give you some tools tonight so that you can shift the atmosphere wherever you go. Amen. Come on, be an atmosphere shifter. Okay, so C.S. Lewis said, There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. I concur. Every square inch, every second, there, there are kingdoms clashing. Kingdoms clashing, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. There is no demilitarized zone. There is no place like Switzerland in the, in the kingdom of God. There is no like, no, we don't want to get involved. No, you're involved because you're alive. You're in a war. And, and, and we, with Sonic, and we've often seen this, even holiday times, well, when we go places, as I just said, we first club the devil and then we have holiday. You know, that's the best way. You get up in the morning and you do the right stuff. You get into, you shift the atmosphere in you. And then you shift the atmosphere around you. You have to. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to find yourself having family fights. Eh? Sometimes uh, Christmas times can get ugly. It can, eh? It can get, go south very quickly. It's holiday time and no one's talking to one another. No. Shift the atmosphere. Be the change agent. It was like the other day, I, I went to pick up Heinrich Titus at the airport. And uh, when I w- w- drove into the, to the parking area, there were two booms. And the one boom was up. And I was like, I'm not going to fall for this. Because if you drive through, you're not going to get out. So I take my ticket like a good citizen. I drive in. And now I got Heinrich, and now we want to get out. Now they are cars parked behind one another. They can't get out because they didn't take a ticket. Now this old toppy is getting out, and he's shouting at the other guy, and that one's shouting at that guy, and everybody is like, they are losing it. So, because I am a leader, I sort stuff out. So I get out. I calm the old toppy down, get into your car. I walk to the front, say, Sir, could you please move over there? There's an exit. He said, I can't because there's another car there. So I go to the back and I say, Sir, could you please move forward so this car can go over there? And he said, Sure. He moves. He moves. Old toppy comes. He asks me to help him with his ticket. I help him with his ticket. He goes through. And then we leave as well. Come on. Easy, no shouting, no screaming, nice and calm, very polite. Let's move, people. Let's go. <laughs> so, you know, so you can shift the atmosphere. You don't allow other people losing their cool 
to allow, to allow them to influence you. Okay, so this is beautiful, beautiful verse. In Genesis 28, verse 17. Now this is Jacob, and he wasn't really serving God. He was a third generation, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And Jacob was traveling somewhere, and then he had this incredible God encounter. He saw a vision or a dream. In this dream, he saw a ladder from heaven to earth and angels up and down. And then he wakes up and he's like, wow, this is amazing. He says, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Now the interesting thing, it had nothing to do with the place. It was all about him. He was chosen by God. He was, God made a covenant with his grandfather and his father. And Jacob was in that line and God came to him. But he was like, man, God is in this house. This is the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. How beautiful. And then later on in John chapter 1, I think verse 50 is Jesus, and he did a miracle, and one of the disciples were like, this is amazing. And Jesus says to him, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said to him, you will see greater works than these. And then he says, and you will see the heavens open, and you will see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, upon Jesus. And see, Jesus is the one that shows us the way, and he's saying, in the same way, my passion... My desire is that every one of my sons and daughters, that they would realize that they are a gateway to heaven. And then there's, there's an, there are angels ready to descend and ascend upon us. In other words, you are called to open the gates of heaven. To open the floodgates and to close the gates of hell. But sometimes we tend to open the gates of hell when we get things wrong. You know, so I want to give us a few tips, a few keys, a few principles of how you and I can shift the atmosphere, how we can open the floodgates of heaven. Who wants to be an atmosphere shifter? Huh? Come on, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's shift the atmosphere from darkness to light. Okay, so the first thing I want to share with us, and something that the Lord takes, brings me back to over and over again, it's the heart. So if you want to shift the atmosphere, if you want to open the floodgates of heaven, your heart needs to connect to the heart of God. A heart-to-heart connection. You see, sometimes we tend to go through the motions. We do the religious stuff, don't we? Well, pastor said, I must read my Bible. So, uh, page one, page two, boring, yawn, you close it, nothing's changed. Why? Because your heart isn't in it. You're not realizing that this is the Word of God. This is the words of God that He spoke when He said, let there be lights. And the universe lit up. Those are the words of God. You know, but we, we forget that. We miss that at times. We, we don't realize it's the very words of God. Or sometimes we, you know, we sing and we worship and it just becomes a sing-along because what? Our hearts aren't always connected to the Lord. It's just like... But we tend to go through the motions 
and we not connecting heart to heart. And there's something that goes next level the moment your heart connects to God. It goes next level. Your, your, your impact in the spirit realm is exponentially increased. And sometimes, how do we pray? We go through the motions again. We're not engaged. Well, the Word of God says in James chapter 5, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman, avails much. Come on, say fervent. It speaks about passion. It speaks about a heart Passionate, like, God, I know that when I pray, the kingdom comes. You will pray better when you believe that your prayers are actually going to shift something. But there's the, that passionate prayer. It's not about the loudness. It's about the heart that's engaged. You know, and sometimes we allow our hearts to drift. Sometimes we allow our hearts. We go through the motions. We get up in the morning, maybe. We spend a bit of time, but we're not, we're not engaged. You need to be engaged, the heart-to-heart connection. And then you shift the atmosphere on the inside of you. That's where you need to start. Come on, say passion. You need to allow your passion to... We're all, we're all passionate about something. But align your passion with God. Look at this quote by Pete Gregg. He's, or Pete Gregg, he says, Satan's... Not particularly interested in sin. His primary objective has never been to tempt you into violating a particular set of rules. His number one aim is simply to divert your attention away from Jesus. He'll use sin to do it for sure. But he's equally able to use busyness or shame or pain or religion or candy crush Saga, or Fortnite, or an obsessive relationship, or a golf handicap, or a pay rise, or an illness to distract you from the Lord, or Black Friday. Satan hates the fact that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, broken relationships get fixed. And when we love Him with all our hearts, then death itself can lose its sting. Uh, isn't that beautiful? When we love Him with all our hearts, when we love Him with all our lives, then death itself can lose its sting. Man, I love that. There's something about our heart passionately connected to Him. No, I'm not just going through the emotions. No, I'm not just singing songs. No, I'm not just reading the Bible. I'm engaging with the living God. Uh, it, it, it exponentially lifts everything. You shift the atmosphere. I often experience this. I, I can pick up when I'm 5% down or 10% down or sometimes 20% down from where I should be. And it's just like I'm not an atmosphere shifter now. It's only when you're all the way that you shift the atmosphere. You know, and so, so even with the, with the Rugby World Cup, you know, that Rugby World Cup final, I, I went in quite... Not sure what to expect. I didn't want to get my heart into it. But at the end, I was shouting and high-fiving. And no ways. we winning, man. You could feel it was again atmosphere. It's like, yeah! Eh, who enjoyed the final? Did you? Most of you? Woo! Come on. Okay, but sometimes... Maybe it's none of us here, okay? But sometimes I have guys 
coming to church, you know, and they're like, I am not as emotional as these people. You know, I'm not, I'm not, it's just my personality. You know, I don't, I don't get into it like some of these, you know, the happy clappy types, they're happy clappy, but I, I am not so emotional. And then I say, but I watched you play rugby, I watched you watch rugby. And you were like, yes, high fives in the works, yes. Church, it's not my personality. No rubbish. You were just engaged with a rugby. But sometimes we're not engaged when it comes to Jesus. That's the only difference. It's like we sang that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And it speaks about, my, I once was blind, but now I see. It's like that one guy, an American rapper that recently turned to Christ. Man, what's his name now? Kanye West, thank you. And they had an interview. Somebody knows him. And so, so had this, they had this interview with him and they asked him this question. Like, So um, people are like asking, okay, is this for real? Is this for a season? Is just, are you not excited about Jesus just for a little bit? What, what is this? And he, he answered beautifully. And he said, I was asleep. And now I'm awake. I've awoke I've awoken to the greatness and the glory of God. I can never go. Personality to Jesus. You died for me. I was destined for an eternity without you. In utter darkness for all of eternity. God. Thank you. I'm engaged. Everything I have, God, comes from you. How can I not be excited? How can I not be excited? So come on, allow the Lord to touch your heart. Allow that fire to burn on the inside of you. Look at this, Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5. We're talking about shifting the atmosphere now on the inside. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all you extroverts. No, sorry, it doesn't say that. Shout with joy to the Lord. All the earth. Come on, say all. All the earth. So I know sometimes people are like, oh, the happy, clappy church. I think Bible church, biblical church, when we get excited about God. People who are actually obeying Scripture. Amen. Come on. Come on. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. He made us. So I recently spoke at one of the schools at the like, year-end celebration. And, and I was wanting to illustrate to the young people that, you know, we, we, we don't think about this, but we owe everything to God. So I just looked at their lungs and I told them, guys... Do you realize that your lungs are designed by God? So your lungs, the, the, the capacity of your lungs, it's been designed that if you unfold your lungs, it is, opens to 180 square meters. That's like bigger than a tennis court, your lungs. To give sufficient surface area so that your lungs can get sufficient oxygen in. 
so that you can function. They say 300,000 of these little um, alveoli or something like that, that, that these little bubbles that allow, again, the exchange of carbon dioxide and oxygen so that you can breathe. And then all, if you align all the, the piping in your lungs where the, the air runs down, it is about something like 2,000 kilometers long in one person's lungs. It's all the way to Vintuk and 400 kilometers beyond your lungs so that you can have sufficient oxygen in your brain so that you can function, so you can walk in here, so that you can raise your hand, so that you can shout in thanksgiving to the living God. Everything we have comes from God. He's designed you. It's in your DNA. It is written there. You're designed. It's massive. That's just the lungs. It's amazing. Come on, say wow. Our God is worthy. He is worthy, but we don't think about this. He is worthy of all our praise. And then it says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. One of the most powerful things you can do as a tool in life to shift the atmosphere, be thankful. Verbalize it. Say it. Say it to your spouse, to your friends, to your parents, to your children. Say it to God, Lord, thank you. It's amazing. It's amazing what you've given to us. God, just to exist. Sometimes we're afraid of dying, but what about being thankful for being alive, the gift of life? And we miss out. But he says, enter his gates, shift the atmosphere, step into the throne room of heaven, step into the presence of God. How? Through thanksgiving. God, thank you. God, thank you. And enter and go into his courts with praise. God, you're amazing. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be saved today. I wouldn't have my name written in the book of life if he didn't call me. God, thank you. Thank you for opportunities. Thank you that we can be here together. God, thank you. You are so good. And then it says, For the Lord is good. Come on, say is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. For the Lord is good. Another tip. If you want to shift the atmosphere, you need to see your circumstances differently. How? See the good in every situation. Look again and then see the good. Why? Because God is good. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God is good. Good is coming. Goodness is coming. But you need to see it and it shifts the atmosphere on the inside of you. For years and years I battled with this. I would have this expectation, this dread that something's going to go wrong. Man, it's been a good week. Can't continue for more. You know, something's going to go wrong. I had this feeling like, man, something's going to blow up. It's a terrible place to be in. And about four or five years ago, I started to make this shift. No, something good's going to happen. Why? Because God's good. Yes, there will be trials. Yes, there will be challenges. But God is bigger than whatever comes my way. I am not afraid. Come and say it, I'm not afraid. Come and say it, good is coming. Amen. Say it again, good is coming. Yeah, so you need to say it. You need to rewire your mind. So many people 
live in a place of, 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 of uh, you know, it's like, it doesn't change. But why? Because you haven't shifted the atmosphere. You're disconnecting from God. Step into His presence, and then the kingdom comes. Amen. Okay, so this is, practically speaking, how do you shift the atmosphere? You start every day in His presence. Every day. Come on, say it every day. Make it a habit. If you don't do anything, start with 10 minutes. And you build it out. You build it out. You build it out. But you can't expect to have peace, to have joy, to have faith. But you're not starting the day in the presence of God. You have to. You know, without distractions. And I said, I, I, my wife and I, and you know, this is our lifestyle. Every day. Even, guys, in the holidays. Imagine that. In the holidays. Holidays, what does it stand for? Holy days. Holy days. It's often not holy days. It is rest, yes. But holy days. It's supposed to be a time that we connect with the living God. Sometimes we have so much holiday that we actually don't rest and we come back more tired and more distracted and more frustrated and more empty. That's not a holiday. A holiday is... Starting in the presence of God, you clap the devil, get out, and then you have an awesome day. You enjoy family and friends, and you enjoy life, yes, but you started right. Come on, you can do this. Start the day right without distractions. So sometimes I go onto YouTube to, to get some worship music so I can worship along. And YouTube is a very dangerous place to go, place to go because you like go on and like, Ooh, let's click there. <laughs> like, oh, 40 minutes later, I'm still clicking on videos. Like, no, stop it. So I've made a rule. Before 9 a.m., no media, no Facebook, no nothing. Because I want to focus. And you see, how, this is how it works. The first fruits of everything is holy. In other words, if you give the first fruits, the first bit, the Lord sanctifies the rest. So if you give the first time, the first hour of every day, the rest of your day is sanctified. The rest of your day is blessed. Storming into life. Then you're going to be, you're, you're, you, you will be shifted <laughs> by the atmospheres. You will not shift the atmosphere. Okay. So that's just something practical. Choose to see the good in everything. Be thankful. Start the day with the Lord. Amen. Okay, so quick question. What is your game plan for the December, this December? What is your game plan? Do you have a game plan? I'm asking everybody. Elders, I had my elders, I was asking them, guys, so what's your game plan? And as we were going around, they were making it up as they go. What's the game plan? Worship team, what's the game plan? How are you going to grow the next month? Spiritually, some talents, some physically stuff, some exercise. You know, they say there's some key habits in life. One of it is exercise. A key habit that tends to make the rest of your life more productive by simply getting exercise once a day. Even if it's just a walk, but you do something active. What's your game plan? Do you have a game plan? What's your game plan when it comes to, to spiritual things? What are you going to do this holiday? What are you going to do this next month? How are you going to fill up your soul, your spirit? 
So I'm uh, into the audio Bible now for the last few weeks. And I'm on a mission to see how far I can get through the Bible this next month. Man, I'm like 50 days ahead of schedule of the year, reading through the Bible in a year. And it's, it's just something so beautiful, just getting, getting the Word of God just to wash over you, wash over you. So Vian, our son, he also now discovered the audio Bible, so he's opening the tablet, and then he's going through this, this beautiful app, costs a bit of money, but it's called Word of Promise. So it's like a theater, the Bible, but with actors and sound effects, and yo, he's loving it. So he has gone through the whole of Genesis this past week, and 1 Samuel, most of 1 Samuel, and man. So yesterday, my son comes to me, and he's like, he wants to like kiss me and hug me. He says how much he loves me and how thankful he is. I'm like, oh, I like this version. <laughs> I like this version. I can see the impact of the Word of God upon his heart. If it works for a 10-year-old, it's going to work for you. There's power in the Word of God. So what's your plan? You need to get, have a goal. The goal psychs you up. It's like, man, I'm going to read through the New Testament. Oh, man, I'm going to read through the Gospels, first four books of the New Testament. Oh, man, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going through this. I'm going to do this. This is my game plan. What's your game plan? Write it down. Gun it. Man, I'm going to exercise like this. I'm going to develop this skill set, maybe play guitar, as some of us is learning that, or, or whatever it is, but develop yourself. Don't waste your life. Amen. Come on, let's say it. I'm not going to waste my life. Amen. I sometimes smile because my wife and I, we are like, we do not feel sorry for kids. So we hear some of the other parents and they talk about their 10-year-olds like, oh, shame, man. It's holidays. They need to rest. So now they're upset with the school because the school gives this like spelling competition stuff. They have to learn 30 Afrikaans words and 30 English words. And we are like, it takes 10 minutes a day. And we would like our son to be able to spell. <laughs> so we're like, Vian, let's do it, man. So he, he won the grade. He was best in his grade and he got a gift and everything. He's like, hard work pays off. And then in the holidays, he's going to practice his piano and then he's going to practice his, his drums because he's going to say, thank you, mommy and daddy, that I am in the future a world changer because I didn't waste my life. Don't waste your life. Continuously develop yourself. Shift the atmosphere and develop yourself. Okay, that was my pep talk for the, for the evening. You can do it. It is so much more fun to invest your life and you just go through the motions. Amen. Come on, say amen. 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 Okay. So that's the first one. I'm going to really go short on the second one. But the first one is shift the atmosphere on the inside. The second part is shift it on the outside. How? Confessions of truth. Proclamations of truth. No, not just in your head. Say it. Speak it. Proclaim it. Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's a profound verse. You have the power to release death, or you have the power to release life. We can say, be healed in Jesus' name. Or you can curse someone and say, you fool. 
and destroy somebody's life. The power of life or death is in the tongue. But how do we speak? We tend to embrace negativity at times. Poor me, shame me, or oh, the country, or oh, whatever. And we're speaking death. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. You know, you sit in a meeting maybe, and man, we're all excited, and there's lack of stuff happening, and then there's one or two, or somebody comes in, and it's just negative, negative, negative. It's like, just sucks the life out of the whole place. Shifts the atmosphere into the negative. But it says you, those who love it, who loves to speak life, will eat its fruit. And we see a powerful illustration in the book of Numbers. So they choose 12 leaders out of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes. They send 12 into the promised land to spy it out. One leader from every tribe. They go, they spy it out. Two of them full of faith, let's do it. Ten of them full of fear and anxiety and negativity. They come back and they release a negative report to the Israelites. The result? Hundreds of thousands of people fall into depression and negativity. They offend God. It cost them 40 years of their lives dying out in the wilderness because of the negativity, the negative report, the negative atmosphere that they receive. I believe that the biggest problem in our country are the politicians and the negative media because they are shifting the atmosphere in our country to fear, to racism, and to rubbish. So if you tend to be negative... Stop reading the news or watching the news. Just turn it off and get into the Word and agree with, with, with God's Word. Agree with God's Word. God is able. And so it says here, Numbers 13, 31, it says, But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. They like disagreed with Caleb. And they said, We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. They spread this bad report, massive, massive implications. Now jump down to further down, Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb, then Caleb quieted the people. It's like, guys, shut up. <laughs> Stop speaking death. You're going to influence everybody. I would like to shut up a few politicians, to be honest. But then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Come on, say, we are well able. That is a good confession. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am able. Do you know how much is connected to our faith? How do you get real faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you need to speak the Word of God so that you can have faith. You need to speak the Word of God. You need to proclaim it. You need to apply the Word of God in your life and say, this is who I am. I am able to do all things to Christ who strengthens me. So I make declarations often. I have a whole list of declarations. I've been going through them the last few days. I'm like, whoa, shifting the atmosphere. It is beautiful. It is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, you will not connect to the power of God. Sometimes people are like, oh, God doesn't heal us, and God doesn't do this, and God doesn't come through for us. I'm like, but where's your faith? How can you expect God to bless you when His Word says, it's impossible to please me without faith? 
So it's not like God doesn't want to bless you. He wants to, but you need to activate your faith. You need to fight for your promised land. You need to fight for the promises of God. Amen. Go on, say it. I'm, I'm an atmosphere shifter. Amen. And if you want to have an awkward conversation, stand in a queue somewhere and be positive about our country. They're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> be negative. Woo, we're going to have a long conversation. Because misery loves company. No, man. Agree with God. Renounce the negative reports that are in the newspapers. No, our country is not going to hell. The kingdom of God is coming. Amen. Go and say it. The kingdom of God is coming. In South Africa. In East London. Amen. Come on. So now God's take. Now this is quite shocking. God's perspective on complaining. Numbers 14, 11, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? See God's response. He's listening to the complaining, and then he says, How long will these people reject me? Our complaining actually rejects God. It says, And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? Eh? Complaining. What does complaining do? Complaining actually rejects God. It's like, God, I don't like what you're allowing in my life. I don't like your leadership, Lord. Complaining is to not believe in God. Complaining is saying, I don't believe that God can shift this. I don't believe that God is bigger than this. Are you seeing it? Complaining is an offense to God. So what are you speaking in life? What, as you go through life, what are you saying? What are you agreeing with? Come on, renounce those, the, the complaint. Then the next verse, finishing, finishing off in a moment. Verse 27, it says, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Come on, say evil. That's what God calls it. He says, who complain against me, I have heard the complaints where the children of Israel make against me. You see, a complaining mouth is, reveals an unhealthy heart. A complaining mouth reveals the state of our hearts. And it says evil congregation, because when we complain and when we're negative and when we agree with the lies of the enemy, the result is we open the floodgates of hell. Evil, evil floods in. Come on. So I'm trying to help you to wake up. Get negativity out. Get complaining out. It doesn't please God. Let's choose to speak life and speak faith. The last verse I want to read. Galatians 3 verse 5. It says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? And the answer is, by the hearing of faith. So I want to ask you this question. What is God hearing from you? Because it says there that when He hears, He's listening. And when He hears faith, God, it doesn't look good, but I trust you. God, it looks like things are going south, but I believe goodness is coming my way. When, 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 when you release and when you agree with God's word and God hears faith, then he moves. Signs and wonders. 
they follow. They follow. You know, sometimes people, you know, they, they look at me, and especially when we travel in times and we really step out, we trust in God for miracles, and many miracles happen, and they sort of put me in a box, like, that's Andre, he's got a special gift. No, I don't have a special gift. I fight for faith. I contend for faith. I contend for faith. I keep all negativity out. I, complaining is not acceptable. I can't agree with the enemy. Sometimes the biggest problem in Christians' lives are their negative agreement with the enemy. Don't agree with the enemy. Don't agree with the lies of the accuser. Agree with God. Believe. Come on, say it. I'm a believer. Amen. You are. So I want to encourage you. Make declarations of truth. Proclamations of truth. Proclaim God's word. Yesterday we had a 24-hour proclaiming of the word. So we had like 30-something people. Each one took an hour. Different passages out of the Bible that we proclaimed. Yo! I was like... I was almost starting to shake there in my prayer room. It was like, whoa, there is presence. There is power. God is in this. Proclaim the word. Proclaim the word. I'm going to speak to Raven and says, man, I think every first Saturday of the month we need to tackle it. 24 hours of the word. Just proclaim the word. It, it really does something to you. So don't just think it. Don't just read it in your head. Speak it. Speak it. Come on, say it. I'm going to speak it. Agree. Proclaim God's word. You know why? Why are you and I able to breathe right now? Okay, yes, our lungs are designed by God. Secondly, a whole bunch of trees and plants are producing some oxygen for us so that we can breathe. Correct? Okay? In the same way, you and I are destined to call to be like trees, spiritually speaking. We are supposed to release life wherever we go. We're supposed to take, remove the carbon dioxide, the negatives, the, the, the darkness, the, the whatever is not of God. We're supposed to remove that and release life wherever we go. You are an atmosphere shifter. You are destined by God to release life. So what if you and I no longer just focus on, well, I'm having my quiet time, to, man, I am shaking, I am shifting the atmosphere in this house and in this whole suburb. The kingdom of God is coming. When I praise, the atmosphere is shifting everywhere. Because I am called by God to do this. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm an atmosphere shifter. Amen. Open the floodgates of heaven wherever you go this December. In the workplace, at home, with your family. Shift the atmosphere into the light. Do, do your devotional times, but with a focus. I'm shifting the atmosphere. I'm releasing life to everybody around me. You know, one of the great declarations also is like, when I walk into the room, I shift the atmosphere. Come on, let's say it. When I walk into a room, I shift the atmosphere into the light. Amen. Amen. Come on, so you must you do it with, with that focus, with that faith, 
But then you need to start with shift the atmosphere inside you and then you release it around you. Amen. Awesome. Please stand with me. I want to pray for us. And I want to especially I want to pray tonight for our hearts. Some of us have fallen into a, a hole of negativity. It's like you don't know a life without it. Some people are just like, you just found yourself, it's like a habit, a bad habit, and, and, and you need help to break out of it. We need to shift the atmosphere and shift that negative habit into, something, into, into a good space. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.